This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. Yeah! Yeah! AK is in the house for Slee today. How you feeling, Andy? Good, good. Where, where Do we know where Alan is? No. No. <laughs> no. He was supposed to be here yesterday. So here, here's what happened. I was going to I was going to try and do what I always do, which is ask some questions about his life to see if we could get any sort of insight as to where he was going or what he might be doing. And I fully expected him to deflect said questions as he's done for the last couple of, of years. But he didn't come to work yesterday. Like, he, he called out at the last minute. So, you knew you were on the schedule for today yes. and tomorrow. Yes, I did. And that's been on for a few weeks. Yeah. And that's, you know, he was taking some time off. But yesterday was kind of a, a short notice day off. So, Yates came. So, I didn't get a chance to try to peel the onion. Okay, this is pure, reckless speculation My and favorite conjecture. Kind. I know. <laughs> Alan Sliwa, I, I think we're allowed to give this out. He, he lives in the downtown area, correct? Uh, Pasadena area. Oh, pass. Did he used yes. to live downtown? He did. Okay, so he's familiar Unless with the area. Unless it's a ruse. Inle- <laughs> to the best of our knowledge, he's <laughs> yeah. in Pasadena. Nobody yes. actually knows. Right. But he knows downtown well. Wasn't the Powerball announced L- yesterday? Literally less than a mile from where you and I are sitting. In the area Sliwa knows well, calls out at the very last <laughs> minute while he's going to be gone for, and ahead of being gone a few days. Uh-huh. If all of a sudden he needs next Monday off, next Tuesday it's off, it's on. He'll have won, <laughs> and we know Allen's never going to tell anybody if he no. won. No, he doesn't tell people what he does when he goes to San Diego for the weekend. Why would he tell us that he won the Powerball? Like he <laughs> and Lady Slee and Rookie will just disappear, <laughs> except when Allen comes back for Lakers talk. <laughs> He's not giving that up. It, but it will be done from a secure location, a yes. somewhere yeah. that we undisclosed. A com- secure a com- location in the Bahamas. <laughs> Wherever Al fancies, that's where it would be. He's not giving up the uh, the Lakers talk gig. That's no, he'll he'll give up the daily grind of ten to one every day <laughs> indeed, just because he won the Powerball. <laughs> there is no way he's giving up that connection to the Lakers. Do you feel any uh, more like an opportunity was missed, knowing that the the winning ticket was sold basically in our backyard? No, in the sense that I never play Powerball. I never do lotteries or scratches. I I just don't do that. It it bores me as a gambler. Uh Like as somebody who likes to gamble, I don't do it as much as I used to because I don't have... You don't like the odds. I hate the odds. (laughs) Well, I also, I don't like not being in control of my gambling. Okay. Like when I used to gamble back before I had a child and disposable funds (laughs) had to be reallocated. Back when life meant there was reason. Back when life was enjoyable. (laughs) Back when, right when you had zest, <laughs> back when life really <laughs> felt like it was worth living, um, I used to find myself at the casinos oh, okay. regularly. What was your game? Uh, either hold them, okay, uh, and I also used to play in uh, games out in the LA area. I, I had oh, a few regular private games. games, private games, yes, um, not on the up and up, but, but private. <laughs> um, I, I liked to occasionally hit the crap table. Oh, um, I like sports gambling. Okay. But I liked things that I had some degree of control over, even like the sports that are being played outside of my control. I can still do some type of research, apply the knowledge that I have, whatever. Lottery, you're just coming up with numbers. You have no idea what you're doing. You could play birthdays. You could pick, you could pick like your birthday, Brian's birthday, your daughter's birthday, your wife's right. birthday, and but that's there non- you go, winning but, ticket. But that's nonsense. <laughs> and I, uh, you are you wait, hold on. Are you telling me there's not a system to winning the lottery? To the best of my knowledge, there is I've no system. I've seen books published to the contrary. I've seen Homer Simpson seeing winning lotto number winning winning weekly lotto numbers in the Simpsons. Are you sure? Look, maybe Sliwa can explain to me exactly the science that he applied that led him to Barbados. Funchy, did you get any of the numbers? I know that you're a, a Powerball guy. I don't think I did. Not a single one. No, no. And like I, like I was telling you guys, my wife gets mad when we lose. Like she, it's <laughs> like sense. it's like we're playing blackjack, Andy. Like we're playing blackjack well, and we lose. Well, so apparently, this I saw something in one of the communities. I don't remember if it was yours and Allen's or the Mason Ireland Mafia, the Circle of Trust. But apparently, this winning 
ticket was like probably filled out by a P1 of this station because the numbers included seven, 10, okay, and 24 twice. Wow. What do you mean 24 twice? 24 and 24. You can pick the same number more Apparently, than once? I no you know idea. that, yeah. I didn't I, know I'm, that. I, I will look to verify. But assuming that this thing that I skimmed for five seconds, I'm <laughs> relaying it accurately. This was like the this was probably filled out by some P one like probably somebody who was at the softball game or the Mandy's or the pickleball tournament. So I I I have literally never bought a Powerball ticket in my life. I've bought a scratcher here and there and and I've things like that, but I've never bought a Powerball ticket. You oh, seem like you have information. Yes, yes, I do. Okay. This is a, this and the source on this is Crypto Ray. Okay, Crypto Ray knows things. He does. According to a screenshot that he put in there into the, I believe, the circle of trust, the winning numbers were 7, 10, 11, 13, 24, and then a red 24. Maybe that's like the kicker number Like or the something? kicker number, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the power play two okay. times. Okay. So that does not feel coincidental. 7, 10, and two 24s. No 8, though. No 8. Maybe they thought the double 24 was going to get thir- over that. 13 yeah. is Wilt. Okay. I believe that was Wilt's retired number with the Lakers. It is. Um, 11. Bob McAdoo. Bob McAdoo. <laughs> Carl Malone. <laughs> Bob McAdoo. Bob McAdoo. Yeah. I, feel, yeah. I feel like this was a P1. It could be. Any famous Dodgers with 11 or, th- or Manny Mota was 11. Um, 13 is Muncie right now. Joe Ferguson was 13. Um, if you feel like I have a firm grasp of these things, it's because this is the trick I use to put myself to sleep at night. Do you guys have those? That honestly, when I when I'm having <laughs> trouble good. sleeping, you know, counting sheep is the classic, right? And you're just trying to distract yourself. I go through. I start at one every time. Try to think of every Dodger in number one. Get to two. I usually get to about thirteen or fourteen before I'm out. So thirteen is Joe Ferguson. It's Max Muncie. I'm sure there's a few more along with fourteen. Mike Sosha. Uh, Kike Hernandez. Like, I just kind of <laughs> go through the whole thing. It's, it's my trick. <laughs> you should just up the edible dosage. <laughs> yeah. No, but that, that creates other problems. It, that uh, does it, That's a different sort of sleep. That's a different sort of sleep. Brian, are you a uh, Powerball guy? I'm not. I'm with you. I've done the scratchers here and there, but yeah, never once played the Powerball. I, I haven't either. And so when somebody wins, it's like, yeah, well, okay, whatever. It's I, I've never bought one, so... But when somebody wins at a bodega or liquor store or something that's in your neighborhood, it feels like a missed opportunity. I know it wasn't when you don't buy one, you can't win. But when it's that close, it's like, I mean, would it really have killed me to walk to the liquor store and get a $2 ticket? I really feel like it's going to be revealed that somebody who listens regularly to this station was the winner. That feels awfully coincidental. Like, there are Laker or Dodger ties to all of these numbers. Somebody in the community, huh? Yes, well, if not, would you tell somebody if you won the lot? I mean, obviously, you're going to tell your family, but would you, would we know that you won the lottery eventually? Okay. I would dole out that information. <laughs> on, I don't want to say on a case by case basis, but more just let it trickle out. I, what I would not do, I mean, if I could avoid it, because I think the Powerball people try to make you do this. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy in the photo with op the check with, with the big check. <laughs> I don't want that at all. Okay, so let's play this out. You win the lottery. Mm-hmm. I noticed that I've had a, you know, Kirk has been here and DeMarco and Yates and your brother and all. everybody has come through. And I'm like, you know, I haven't worked with Andy in a while. And I say to Emily, I say, hey, the next time that uh, Al's out, call Andy. I'd like to do a show with Andy. And you're not here. And then I reach out to you and say, hey, AK, everything all right? We haven't done a show together. At that point, do you come clean? <laughs> <laughs> or is that a who's this new phone? <laughs> new phone who this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think I would I would try to be subtle about it like okay. I would respond to your text but all the S's would be with dollar signs. <laughs> I would try to make my my text sound as rich as possible. <laughs> it just the cash register sound instead of the ding when it pops in cha ching. Yeah. Can right. you tell that I'm responding on a really expensive phone? <laughs> This new phone, this new plutonium-powered phone, uh, isn't responding well. I have the iPhone 28. It hasn't been invented yet. It's it's not on market. I've traveled to the future and come back with this thing. Yeah, I don't think I'd. I mean, my family would know, but I, there would also be a bit of a muerta that has to get sworn to. We're not telling anybody this, right? Or again, I would let this eventually trickle out. Like, I mean, 
I'm not even so much worried about, you know, all of a sudden these cousins that I never knew existed coming out of the woodwork <laughs> or aunts and uncles and whatever. I need to just pace myself to the idea of my life just changed. Yes. I don't need to hear from all of you. Like, I, I don't need that many different opinions on how to handle this. I don't need to hear even from the well-wishers who are sincere about it. Like, I need some space <laughs> as in the post-Powerball phase of my life. Is it safe to say Brian will be doing a lockdown podcast by himself? <laughs> well, he's definitely one of the people that I'd be waiting before I told. <laughs> <laughs> Would you still have a YouTube component on the lockdown if you won the lotto? <laughs> It's a really good component. It's really good. I mean, the, the channel's doing very well. Like, I know it is. Like I'm I, well aware of how I well feel, your channel's doing. I feel like, I don't know if I keep doing the show, but I, I would feel an obligation to find Brian, like, a good partner. Like, Slee. <laughs> well, maybe he might, he might be interested. Yeah. You know, he takes a lot of time off, but uh, on the days that he was there, he'd be If very it's for the Lakers, he'll find you're, the time. You're right about that. You are definitely right about that. I would be worried about, like my fan, my my friend, my friends and family. I think I'd be pretty good at taking care of them, right? I would make sure that we were doing the things that we'd all dream about doing. If you want to, like, we'd take trips, we'd 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 buy airplanes and fly to places. We, we'd do that. What I don't want is the constant. Hey, I have an opportunity for you. Oh, like I I don't want that. I would need to build a a very elaborate system of walls to prevent those guys from getting to me that would be my number one priority yeah i don't here's the thing i don't need your business opportunity i just won the powerball <laughs> like i have all of this money from doing nothing so they come to you and they say listen you know that 80 percent of the people that win this end up having none of the money 10 years later i can help you with that you take that call <laughs> no i can help me with it you know what the first thing i'm doing by helping me hanging up on you that's the first thing I'm doing to help myself. Like I, I don't need your help to save the money. I don't need your investment opportunity either. Like it's already a lot of money. I only have one child, so like the idea of spreading it around, and I'm not having any more. So the idea of spreading well, not it around, now, <laughs> not, not, <laughs> money not now. But like, oh yeah, I mean, all of a sudden it turns into Philip Rivers. That's you, right. You can get a re like top end vasectomy with that kind of money. <laughs> I am. Yeah, dads have a standing appointment once a year to make sure it's still tied off. Oh yeah, correctly. and like they, the the scalpel's like solid gold with like a platinum tip. Like I mean, it's the best. Yeah, it's it is the best. I'd like the irreversible <laughs> option too, right? That in case I change my mind, you know I want you true, to say sorry. We can't do that. True story. A guy I went to high school with, his father invented the reversible vasectomy. Really? Yes. That's a big – both of those are decisions I think you'd given a lot of thought to. To want to go back again is – I don't know. It's, it seems like a lot of work. Let me remind you, Trav and Slee, we are giving you a chance to team up with Waba Grill to give away lunch for your office, right? Listen tomorrow during the Waba Grill lunch hour on 710 for the cue to call, and you could be the Waba Grill workplace of the week. That's tomorrow on 710 ESPN. Thanks to Waba Grill, Waba Grill, eat smart, be healthy. Healthy. Those boom boom tacos they brought in the other day, Andy. Just, just saying, pretty good. They sounded good. The chicken ones were my favorite, followed closely by the uh, ribeye steak. Slee was all over the shrimp ones. Three varieties. Well, it, it fits his tropical locale. <laughs> yeah, it's exotic. It's a little bit more elevated than just you know chicken, which was my favorite. I, I didn't win the lottery, so I gotta <laughs> eat the uh, the chicken ones along the way. Julio gets rocked yesterday in Baltimore. Off day for the Dodgers today, but. Do the Dodgers have a best pitcher who has pitched about four times in his life? That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Potential snag in our uh, program to remain anonymous if we win the lottery, Andy. This is from uh, B. Pena, 8627. He connected, or I should say attached, a note here that says, if you win the lottery in California, you cannot keep it a secret. Any winner of a prize worth of at least $600 must prove their name and city of residence to the California State Lottery as required by law. So we would know and we would be coming to ask you to buy our giant tomato farms. Yeah, I mean, people want proof that there was an actual winner and that you know their lottery ticket money went somewhere and also that it didn't, go, that it didn't just get siphoned off by the people with the lottery. <laughs> right. Like, I get I get that, but shouldn't I, I guess the lottery you couldn't take the lottery board's word for it, right? No, no, no. We we had a winner. We saw the paperwork. It's all good. I mean, not to disparage the good people over at the lottery board, <laughs> but would you? No, I would not. I would I would want to unless I win, then I would like to remain anonymous. I would like it both ways. Right, but please. that's the one time where you know for sure they're telling the truth is when you won. <laughs> it's the only way you can possibly know and like take their word for it is so, you won. So I don't know what country this happened in, but some guy won the lottery and he showed up to the check uh, thing, whatever, the check presenting uh, ceremony, whatever, in a mask. Would you do that? No, because it could be the lottery commissioner right, exactly. under the mask. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the problem. Like, yeah. it, it needs to be somebody with a name attached in the age of Google that you can figure out that person exists. Like, otherwise, people are going to call BS on it. I, I, I told these guys yesterday, I went to school, I went to UCSB with somebody that won the California State Lottery, like millions of dollars, not just a good prize, the grand prize. And it was an office pool where, I don't know what day of the week, every Friday, everybody would throw in five bucks and they would go spend it on lottery tickets. And if they won, they would split it by whoever threw, it hit and they got it. And they, I don't know. I'm going to get the numbers a little bit off, but they ended up winning like 10 or $12 million and they chopped it like 25 different ways. So they got a lot of money. It does happen. It didn't. And, and he was, I remember I won the lot. Yeah, sure you did. No, really? I did. Yeah, no, sure you did. And then sure enough, you see him on TV or on the newspaper at the time, probably it's like, Oh my God, he did win. Do you know what ended up happening with any of them in terms of what they did with the money? He still works in the exact same job. I mean, he's been promoted. He worked for the university, still, still works for the university. Still there. But he's got that cushion to sit on. Yeah, he's got presumably. A little, yeah, I think that cars and house. You know, I put a down payment on a house and look, it's Santa Barbara is expensive, right? What, what about any of the other ones? I don't know what happened to the other people, but he got a fraction of the grand prize, but a nice fraction. It's a good way to do it. It is a good way to it's do it. A good it. way to see. You should have gone to that uh, that market yesterday, Andy. You could have been taking the day off, and I'd be in here with Gates again today. I mean, Clinton's good. I mean, there's no, nothing. It's not a Yates thing. I'm just saying it would be a not you thing. Oh, it would absolutely be a not me thing. One hundred percent. Winning time back season two, August six on HBO. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, cannot wait. I'm Mason. Uh, by the way, kind of stoked the fire. He's seen it. He's seen season two. He says it's terrific, and that's really all he went into. I asked him whether or not Zastro has a recurring role in season two. He would not give a thumbs up or thumbs down. But I, I'm into it because the first season was terrific, but I'm also kind of curious as to where they go from here. Like, is it more just here's Magic showing up and becoming Magic? Here's Kareem kind of you know being grumpy and, and kind of – taking these guys through it or is it more everything else i mean based on what we saw in the first season where things left off i think we're going to probably get into mid showtime and it's going to be like we saw in season one a very hyper exaggerated look at what happened during that period with the lakers and we're probably going to eventually get a hyper exaggerated look at kobe and Shaq. you think they'll go that far yes Absolutely. I mean, first of all, Jeff Perlman has a book. Yeah. He has a Kobe Shaq book that's very good. I believe it's actually been optioned by the same people. I'm not 100% sure on this. The Circle of Trust, I guess, can verify it for me. But I believe it's already been optioned, and it's in conjunction with all of this. And look, assuming winning time continues to do well, why wouldn't you keep mining that material? Because 
everything with Kobe and Shaq was just as dramatic as everything that went on with Showtime. It's funny. You're right. I'm not even going to attempt to argue that that's not right. I think it's just an era thing for me. The, the Showtime Lakers are the ones that mean the most to me, right? Those are the ones that when I was in high school, this in junior high, that, that's when I think of like the, the pinnacle of Laker basketball, it's different for everybody. But for me, that's it. And once we're kind of out of that window, look, they still do it as well as they're doing it. I'll certainly watch it. But this is, I want to relive that even if it is a, you know, wildly exaggerated version of well, it. Well, I'm guessing, based on Adam McKay's age, that he might feel the same way as you do with Showtime. Yeah. But remember, there's audience sure. of Laker fans that doesn't really have direct memories of Showtime, but remembers everything about Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, I, I wonder what what's better, right? The Because I, I lived through both of them, right? I, I was a Laker fan through both of them, and I like looking at the older stuff, and maybe it's just purely personal because that's my era, but it's also for it's, it's a little fu- fuzzier because it was just longer ago. You maybe forget some stuff like, oh, yeah, I remember that, where it feels like the Shaq and Kobe stuff happened much more recently. Well, I mean, Shaq and Kobe feels like it's much more dramatic like, like there's there's more anim like pure animosity that you're going to be dealing with. You know, there's you know Kobe in Colorado. There's you know the back and forth with Kobe and Shaq. There's mm-hmm. the dynamic between Genie Bus, Phil Jackson, Doctor Bus, who at least certainly early on did not love the idea of Genie Bus dating his coach. Mm-hmm. There's Jerry West's eventual exit. Like. I, stuff. I feel like there's more drama that's rooted in animosity or like real problems. Showtime is just wild. And and show again, some of this is the the distance and not having directly been you directly lived the memories of Showtime in a way that I didn't. Yeah. Showtime I know there there was drama that went on with Showtime. I know that Kareem and Magic sometimes butted heads. Like I, I know things went on. Showtime feels way more fun. Yeah. Like purely fun. And there was a clear rivalry in that era. That the 80s were and I know that the Lakers didn't always play the Celtics in the finals, but they played them five times. Well, it was a different league too. Right. Like it it was really before the league. I mean, it was, right, it was right around the time when the league actually found a way to survive. Like Magic and Bird saved the league and then Michael Jordan cemented what they saved. Like he made sure that that thing was going to survive moving forward and actually grow but it was there was almost uh, like an antiquated innocence about that version of the 80s nba yeah we didn't know what we didn't know and it's like oh this is just awesome and the the stuff that comes later it's like also awesome but for different reasons and it was also too like growing up in st louis which is not a big nba town at all i mean they haven't had a team since like the late 60s before the Hawks went to Atlanta. Right. But, like, your exposure to the NBA was pretty limited. It felt like the only teams in the NBA <laughs> were the Celtics, the Lakers, and then the Sixers, the a, Sixers little bit, a little bit. And the Rockets a little bit. A little bit. I mean, really little. I was going to yeah. say the Bulls eventually. Okay. Well, the Bulls in the 90s for sure. Right. But even the 80s, like, you started seeing the Jordan effect. Yeah. And, like, I guess the Pistons kind of existed. Pistons a little bit. But the point being, like, the league barely felt like a league. It felt like a small club of really good <laughs> basketball players. Like, the league now, it doesn't matter where you live. You can, you can, if you happen to be a big time Charlotte Hornets fan for yeah. whatever reason, you can watch the Hornets wherever you want. Whenever you want. So you and I obviously are co-collaborators on Commander and Chimp. Yes. This is this is something that we take very seriously. Mm-hmm. And as aspiring, um, you know, studio executives, we we need it's and, a tough and, time and for us right it, now. It is. You know, we're kind of in a lull. We're waiting for things to get <laughs> cranked back up again. Casting is everything. Yeah. Okay. Because when you look at Winning Time, it's good, and it's made by Adam McKay, who obviously knows exactly what he's doing. He knows how to tell a story and how to do all these things. But if this isn't casted like this, it's a totally different thing. The guy that plays Magic looks Quincy like Isaiah. Magic. He's amazing. He's amazing. He smiles like Magic. He's got that charisma that it isn't Magic because nobody is, but it's He's close a enough. star, man. Quincy Isaiah feels like a star. John C. Riley is 
is Dr. Buss. Like the, the the way that he moves, the way that he smiles, the hair, like the makeup, the costuming, everything is just spot on. The guy and season two seems like there's gonna be a lot of Larry Bird in it. He is front and center in the uh in the promotional material. Love that guy. Where, where did you find that? I don't where know. Where did that guy come Central from? Central casting. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. He's got the mustache, he's got the look, he's got the nose, he's got the scowl. Like I don't know if the guy's just a great actor who can kind of channel those people the way that some people can. I don't know if it's costuming, I don't know if it's makeup or mustache prosthetics or whatever it the is. Casting it's for, transcendent. The casting for this stuff I think is so incredibly challenging because you're talking about these larger-than-life real people. Yes. That are. it's going to be very difficult to find somebody that makes you believe that they are them because we have, what, like 50 years of magic and birth, yes. 40 years, something yes. like that. Then on top of it, there's enough footage of these guys actually playing basketball that they need to feel believable as not just basketball players. No question. High-level basketball no players. No question. If you if it looks like Teen Wolf, we got a problem. <laughs> yes. Right? If, if, if it looks like uh, any of these, if, if it looks like uh, Tim Robbins throwing a baseball, we've got a problem. There was no Nuke Lelouch. It can look ridiculous. If he's trying to play Nolan Ryan and he looks like that, we've got a problem. These guys move, look, sound act like basketball players it, it is incredibly important to what they do i imagine the casting for this was really really difficult really really extensive like it's one of those it's one of those times where you have to be willing to take chances on unknowns in part i think it actually helps you if you get a bunch of actors with blank slates yeah it makes it easier for you to see quincy isaiah who i think was pretty much an unknown before this you don't have an idea of Quincy Isaiah, so you don't bring any extra baggage to it. No Same doubt. with but Solomon even, Hughes, who plays Kareem. No doubt. But Adrian Brody's a well-known guy, and he comes in there, and he's got a pretty good Pat Riley thing going on. He, he does. doesn't look exact, but it's it's good enough, and the manner, and the costuming, and the hair, it's just it just it just works. But Adrian Brody and like John C. Riley, the guys who play Bus and Riley. Obviously, they got to be convincing as those guys, but at least they don't have to get on the court. True, like they don't have to be doubly convincing. True, they and just as as famous as Pat Riley is, as famous as Doctor Bus was, they're not magic famous. They're not Larry Bird famous. And and you know, Doctor Bus has you know he's he's been gone for about ten or so years. He yeah. lived like the last ten years of his life, not as much in the public eye. And you know, Riley is obviously still a presence in the NBA, but it's not like Pat Riley's out there a lot no and this time that they are portraying is so long ago i think you can get away with it especially too because you have two really good actors i can't wait august what does it say there august 6th okay so we get the trade deadline otani will be on a new team crossing my fingers then we get the debut of winning time on the back end of it it's a, it's a good time to be a sports fan Dodgers have major pitching problems. Their best pitcher is a guy who's brand new. That's next. It's Travis Lee, and he's in for Slee on 710 ESPN. Notice that we have uh, damage to a television in here. Did you track that when you came in? I did notice that the one above your head that is typically on is off. <laughs> is not. And it appears that a bunch of stuff is unplugged. Yes, and there was a very small crack in the lower left-hand corner. Ooh. Yes. That something we're into something indetermined struck the TV. And did, I did Ireland get that mad with the trophy Ireland. again? So Ireland came in yesterday. He's like, whoa, what happened? We we there were two the second and third the second crosstalk, it started. Do we still have the sound, Brian? Can you uh tell, let me know when you have that? That there was a disagreement between Sedano and Cap that apparently later in the show resurfaced again right before they went off the air, but there was a disagreement and a water bottle was lobbed shall we say and i don't know if that's what happened we're, we're still trying to put the, the the video from youtube is inconclusive we don't know exactly what that is so we're trying to unpack exactly what happened are they having a public breakup <laughs> i don't know is that what it is it's it's just starting to feel like it it's it's starting to feel like sedano and kaplan either want to break up and they're just forcing the station's hand <laughs> To like move them to different shows, like the is a good song. What I liked about the other song is it's very. Shut up! Stop with that, will you? Listen to the freaking song. I'm gonna talk over the whole song. Second. You're like hitting the mic. You're hitting the mic. Bro, you threw the control. You broke it. 
So that's what happened. uh, So what was thrown? I don't know. But something hit the TV. Yeah, I mean, it's and now we're down a TV. It's one of two things: either they are trying to publicly force the station to reassign them, and look, Sedano's case. It's not the first time it's happened. (laughs) Like where where he's had to get moved around because of personality. What is this, Kim and Kanye or something? (laughs) I'm just saying it's it's happened before, or they're just. They're addicted to the bits, and they don't know how to stop it. <laughs> like, they keep trying to one-up themselves, and they've run out of places to go. So now it's just destroying station equipment. <laughs> like, that's that's what's left. They can't it's do the, anything it's, else. It's the room that they've left themselves. Well, at that point, let's be honest, they've jumped the shark. <laughs> Can I? T- okay, I have a question. I, I'm changing subject here for a second. I, I'm looking over at one of the TVs that does work over your shoulder, and it's the same one that you're looking at right now. It's the, the bar, view. The, the, it's the view. And we've, I'm going to probably want to change this. I believe that's Greta Gerwig. Is that yeah, her? it is Greta Gerwig. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And she's the director of the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. Am I missing something here? Like, is this is this a, 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 a spin on a Barbie thing that I'm not seeing coming? Because I don't get it, for lack of a better word. I don't get what this is. I don't understand. I know that they take toys and turn them into movies all the time. I get that. This one, I'm... I, I don't get it. Okay, Help first me. first of all, I, I preface this by saying, and, and I don't mean this as a slight at all, like, this is not like low-key calling you a misogynist or a chauvinist or anything. Okay. Just Okay. You're not the target audience okay, for this. Okay, fair enough. At all. Like, on so many different <laughs> levels, they are not targeting you. Okay. What it is supposed to be, I believe, based on what I've read and the trailers, which I think look really funny. I actually really want to see is this. Is it a comedy? It is, it is supposed to be a comedy, yeah. Okay. I think it is very much like a subversive look at what Barbie has been in the culture, like just in general. Like okay. it's, it's like a look at Barbie as a phenomenon, Barbie as sort of what it re- represents in our culture as a toy, in the way it brings out a lot of battle of the sexes okay. and like the differences in sexes that people often perceive and we, they will often see through Barbies things like that it also i think certainly with ken like it plays up the idea that ken's never had any discernible personality <laughs> type or any characteristics whatsoever uh-huh. gosling looks hysterical as ken. I, i've seen him with the wig and or it's die job or whatever it is it does look pretty funny i just if fernando documentary is on i'm going to check that out You're, again i i say this in the most I, just, res- I feel like that's a better option the most respectful me. way possible they're not after you <laughs> I'm going to see Oppenheimer. I'm excited to see that. So are you watching that one instead of Barbie? It comes out on the same day. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. You're going to watch it. You're going to watch a three-hour-plus movie. I'm not doing the Barbenheimer double feature. I know that that's a thing that people are attempting. Uh, it's it's too. No, is, I'm not going to do that. Hold on a second. Re- rewind. Is Oppenheimer three hours? Three plus hours. Oh no, I'm out. That's the only reason I haven't watched Avatar. Yeah. Too long. Yeah. I would I'd watch Avatar for a variety of reasons, but that's on the list as well. Yeah. Is it really three hours, Frenchie? Three hours on the nose, according to Google. Three that's hours too, plus pr- plus previews. That's too much. That a movie should be a perfect movie is two hours long. A really good movie can be two ten, but if you wanted to bring it in at one fifty, I'm okay with that. Three, we're done here. Let me see the running time really quick for Barbie. Because I want to see really forty three wh- minutes, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> okay, Barbie comes in at a cool one hour fifty four minutes. Ooh, that's perfect. Okay, so you have my attention, except for the, the Barbie. What you described is like I'm sure it's a wonderful message that will Margot like, Robbie. Okay, again, I love Margot Robbie, talented performer, beautiful actress, all of these things. I, there's nothing in that story, at least as far as I can t- put it to you this way, Andy. If you came in next time I see you, say, Trev, saw Barbie. It's really good. I think you'd like it. I'd take it. I, I'd give it a shot. But if everybody goes, eh, you know, it's all right. Then I mean, no. the, the early reviews on it are really, really good. Like it, it's been really, really well received. So, so people are aware. If you're looking to do the Barbenheimer double feature, which seems like the thing to do right now, right. Between- Isn't that why Emily took vacation? Probably. <laughs> just get ready for it? Just to train for it or something? It's just pre- a week preparation yeah, for the Barbie. Like Rocky and stuff duo. in the mountains. Of- <laughs> Barbie! Right. She's up on the top of the mountain. Right. 
Barbie! I really thought that's why she took vacation. through Greta Gerwig films, getting ready for this one on Friday afternoon. Hearts on Fire is playing in the background. (laughs) (laughs) As he's watching Francis Ha. But uh, since you brought up Hearts on Fire, it's still the most absurd of all of the Rocky movies because there are four training montages in that movie. Four. One, great. It's not a Rocky movie if we don't have a training montage. We need one. You want to throw a second one in there? All right. Four? Rocky Four has something. I guess, first of all, four for four (laughs) montages, fourth movie. Sure. Rocky Four has something I have never seen in a movie before. It has back-to-back montages. (laughs) When when they're in Russia, Rocky's training, montage. Adrian shows up, no dialogue. They just look at each other. They realize they're on the same page. Adrian's supporting him now. Back to the montage. <laughs> I have never seen that in my life. Like, between the montages... Not a lot of dialogue in that movie. Like, between the montages and the boxing scenes, which are basically just stage directions, <laughs> that script might be 25 pages. If you can change, <laughs> and I can change, maybe we can all change. That was the. That's the script. <laughs> he solved the Cold War, man. It ended. By the way, the timing of it was pretty good. Just about on to, on point. He saw into the future. Everybody change. <laughs> I was close enough. <laughs> I like to take, I like to put my own spin on it. Yeah. I like to take a little poetic. That, that's Emily at the top of. I don't know. Probably <laughs> the Hollywood Hills. Gerwig! <laughs> <laughs> Right? Gerwig! <laughs> She's got her arms in the air. She's got her Netflix remote in one hand. <laughs> I feel like... Floor she... pizza in the other. <laughs> yeah, it's just empty boxes, right? <laughs> so why not? All right. Uh, Dodgers get beat yesterday in Baltimore. Trip, their post-All-Star trip so far has gone really well. Two or three in New York. Two or three in Baltimore. Baltimore is a really good team. Beat them two or three times in their building. Day off today, and they got three coming up in Texas. First time they've been back in Texas since they won the World Series there in 2020, which we'll talk about coming up in just a little bit. The thing, though, that jumped out yesterday, Julio was not just bad. It might have been the worst outing he's had in his entire Dodger career. He was dreadful. He got pounded from the beginning until they took him out. He's been bad on the road all season long. He's been pretty good at Dodger Stadium. Maybe not Julio-level good, but pretty good. As they are currently constructed right now, as we sit here on July 20th, 2023, is Bobby Miller the best pitcher on this roster today? And Kershaw is their best pitcher by the time we get to the end of the line, assuming he comes back. But if you had to beat the Atlanta Braves in one game tomorrow and you had all your guys available, do you not give the ball to Miller? If you have everybody available, I probably still give the ball to Kershaw. Or somebody that I know has been in this situation before. I don't put all that on Bobby Miller. But if you're asking me if he what might... What if Kershaw's still down? <sighs> it's got to be him, right? Because your options, uh, your other options are Julio or Gonsolin. Julio, maybe if the game's at Dodger Stadium, you give it to Julio. I was say, if it, it, it has to be at home yeah. if you're giving it to Julio. That happened fast, Andy, because to, to start this season, here's what the I, I know that Andrew Heaney left and Tyler Anderson left and Walker Bueller was going to be down and the whole Trevor Bauer thing was up in the air and you, you knew he wasn't going to come back and pitch. But the Dodgers opened the season with Julio being your number one guy, opening day start. You got Clayton Kershaw. You got Dustin May, who's back. You signed Noah Syndergaard to a deal. And Tony Gonsolin was, had twisted his ankle, but he was going to be in the rotation coming off of an all-star season, right? Maybe it's not. Bueller, Orius, Kershaw, May, the way that they had it before, pretty darn good. Then you throw Gonsolin, Grove, Stone, Sheehan, and Miller into the mix at various points. You've had a bunch of bullpen days. And right, Miller's at the top of the list right now. That happened in a hurry. It also puts it puts the team and Kershaw in a position that you don't want to be in at his age, which is he's now the guy that you feel like if you have to put the weight on one guy's shoulder, it's Kershaw. He's the only one. Right. I mean, unless you really believe in Gonsolin. Like, do you? I don't. I mean, he's 
He's good. He, he's fine. He, he's he's a perfectly acceptable fourth or fifth guy in your rotation. He's but not he, last year's Gonsolin. Not even close. And he's not – every time he goes out there, you're hoping he pitches well as opposed to you're expecting him to – last year, you kind of expected him to pitch well. This year, it's you – know, which version of this no, guy I mean, are look, we going to get? There's nothing wrong with Gonsolin. Like, no. Gonsolin's been good. He pitches on every team in the big leagues, but he's not that guy he was a year ago. Right. But as far as the guy that – if you're talking about – putting one guy on the mound for one game, all the marbles. I We don't know enough about Bobby Miller to know, like, his makeup and, like, how he reacts to these sorts of things. Like, so far he's passing the tests, but he hasn't had this type of test yet. It honestly feels like it's Kershaw. And that's a scary place to be in. I want to talk about Miller's makeup. We'll do that coming up at 11 o'clock. But coming up next – we got our man Brian Cohen with Hey, Did You See? That's the next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hey, if you are injured in an accident, call the accident attorneys at Sweet James. 1-800-9-MILLION. That's 1-800-9-MILLION. Easy number to remember. 1-800-9-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-
Yeah, check it out. Uh, ESPN tweeted out a picture so you could take a look. It looks pretty cool. Uh, on this day in 1976, it's the 47th anniversary of Hank Aaron's last home run, number 755, against the California Angels, by the way. Mm. Who is you guys? do you guys consider to be the real home run king? Bonds or Hank? Bonds. Andy? B- Barry Bonds. He's the home run king. I mean, I, I get the juicing. I get all that stuff. But that was the league at the time. There was, there's always been some form of cheating, manipulation, whatever you want to call it, all throughout baseball. That is baseball's history. And baseball went, often loves to revel in its cheating side. They only get really moralistic when it comes to anything related to drugs. <laughs> right. And look, Hank Aaron is a much more likable guy. He's a much more noble guy than Barry Bonds. Like, if you're asking me who I would have enjoyed spending time with more, <laughs> you know, Hank Aaron's the obvious answer. Hank Aaron is an incredible person. Barry Bonds, though, was an incredible baseball player. He's the home run kid. It's weird. It's come back around again. Barry Bonds is actually underrated at this point in his career. That that Severely. B- Barry Bonds is the home run champion. Barry, Barry Bonds didn't violate the rules of baseball as they were currently constructed, or, or at the very least, he wasn't doing anything that the vast majority of the league wasn't doing as well, including the pitchers, and everybody knew it was going on. This was not. This was an open secret that was taking place. He took advantage of it better than everyone else. He also was a great player long before he turned into whatever it Here's is he the turned thing. into. I don't even think he took advantage of it better than anybody else. He was just better than everybody else. So you then if he's using to whatever effects the steroids yes. have, they enhance him more because he was already better You're right than everyone that. else. You're right. That That's a better way of putting that. But it's it's come all the way around where this Bonds was so comically – outsized literally literally that you looked at him and was like and he doesn't look like he used to look his head was bigger his body was bigger everything about him like that doesn't look like the guy that came up with the pirates and it became a running joke and then he hit 72 home runs and then he broke the record for the career home runs and it became a, oh it's just look he's a, we don't appreciate how good he actually not my favorite guy like you were saying andy no, he's not a, a guy he that, was a surly a-hole he was a if you ever dealt ass. with him absolutely He's also, up until the dude down the street named Otani, he's the best baseball player I'd ever seen prior to him. Barry Bonds was incredible. Yes. Like, yes. Remove, remove whatever you consider his steroid period. With the Pirates, he was incredible. Yes, he was the greatest baseball player. There, I put all these guys in the same group, and you, it's a favorite flavor. Of it's Bonds, it's Griffey, it's Trout, it's Otani. And the reason Otani's different is because he does both of those things. But until Otani, Bonds was at the top of that list. Ricky yeah. Henderson, too. Yeah, he's he is the home run king, period. Yep, I agree. Switching up to a little TV, I don't know if you guys saw that the Price is Right is going to be moving studios after about 51 years. So they're really changing locations, staying on air. I live right. I live pretty near their location. Yep, yep. So it's going to be switching up. If you guys had to go on one game show to win, which one would it be? Okay, so can I ask a qualifying question? Sure. Am, am I just trying to win the, the most outrageous prizes right, and money? Or the one, the game show that you think you would do best on? So the one I would want to win the most because I feel like it says the mo- I'd want to win Jeopardy. Yes. Yeah. I, I, Jeopardy is the one that I'd yes. want to win because it's not playing hangman with yokels. <laughs> okay. It's 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 takes a wide breadth of knowledge on a variety of subjects. You need to be quick on your feet. You need to know a little bit of game theory to kind of win these games. And if I don't think anybody thinks that the guy that wins Jeopardy is a knucklehead. If you win the Price is Right and you guess the price of a Chevy Caprice right, you get the car, but nobody thinks you're a genius. Jeopardy has a little cachet to yeah, it. Yeah, Jeopardy's the best ego stroke. If, however, you are looking to just pad your odds, Price is Right is pretty good. Yep. Wheel of Fortune is incredible for padding the odds. The problem is it's just as easy for everybody else. Yes. Like, Wheel of Fortune is embarrassingly easy <laughs> To win, So in a lot of ways, it comes down to, does the wheel come to you at just the right time, and do you manage to avoid lose a turn? Right. But assuming you get on a roll with that wheel, unless you are an absolute fool, it is impossible to lose Wheel of Fortune. And I don't want prizes. I want money. You, you, Jeopardy is about the cash, right? 
Wheel has prizes. Price of Right has prizes. Wheel has money too, but Price of Right, you get a trip, a car, a boat, turtle wax, you know, denture cream, whatever, whatever it is. Wheel of Fortune though has a pretty good balance, like you said, between cash and prizes. Wheel of I don't know how they do this. Like, I'm not saying things aren't on the up and up. I'm just saying I don't know how they do it. The stuff they give away on Wheel of Fortune is astonishing. <laughs> just like in sheer volume. Like for solving the simplest sentence in the world, you get like $500,000 worth of stuff. I'm like, how, how is this paying for itself? It's very, very like good how, how I need to see their books. I want to see Wheel of Fortune's books. What would you take, Funchy? What would you want to win? I would want to take a How to Be a New Millionaire. How the what's it called? Oh, who be, wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be one? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd do that one because you know it's almost like Jeopardy. Does but that still exist? I don't know. I don't know. I thought it comes like on during the daytime during. Our, I have our no show. idea. Yeah, I don't know. That thing had its a moment though. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And then once somebody cracked the code, everyone's like, "Yeah, we're we're bleeding here." Okay, <laughs> we we gotta go in a different direction. This isn't the show that I would choose to like, either for the prestige or best odds of winning, but just in terms of pure fun. I want to do press your luck. My brother-in-law was on press your luck. Really? Uh huh. I, okay. Do you want to know the question he lost on? You might get. You might get it. Yeah, I'll go around the room see if you get it. My brother-in-law Bill Harmon was on press your luck in the eighties. The Colonel's original recipe has how many original herbs and spices? Get out of here! No. That was the question. No. That, he got it wrong. Do you guys know the answer? It's eleven. It's I 11. was going to say eleven. It's eleven. He I said nine. <laughs> and he said nine. He said nine, and he lost. Yeah. Well, it was like back in the 80s, right? He yeah. Did this, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Because that was their whole marketing campaign 11 herbs and spices yeah. in the <laughs> Colonel's original recipe fried chicken. He was on and he lost. Wow. Yeah. Press Your Luck was fun. For people who don't remember, it was. How would you describe Press Your Luck? It, it's a weird game with like a board. That it had. had it, it had a. Like a, a square that had. It was a series of squares that made up a square. Mm hmm. And the lights would flash, and you just hit a button, and it would have various amounts of money under it. And you could either say, I'm done, or press your luck and Go try again. to win more. But if you got a whammy, which was like a little creature, it kind of, kind of looked like Captain Caveman. He did. He did. <laughs> the whammy looked like Captain Caveman from back in the day, the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. If you hit a whammy, you lost everything. All right. Let's go back to Bobby Miller's makeup. Plus, want to get into whether or not the Rams were actually trying to get out from the Matthew Stafford contract. Kevin Demoff says absolutely not. That's coming up next. Never miss a moment of Travis and Sliwa. You can always listen to the podcast on the all-new ESPNLA app. Brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines.